Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show this week. As always, my favorite time of the week is the time that I get to spend with all of you here on the show, getting to bring you some amazing, amazing guests, and also to spend time with you live on Facebook, or if you're listening on the podcast anywhere, podcasts are listened to your favorite platforms. We are now also live on Amazon Music in addition to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podchaser, Podcasts, um, you know, pretty much any platform that you can listen to a podcast on, you can find the show. And thank you to all my fans in India and England and Canada and the US for getting us into the top 200 podcasts and into the top all around in uh, iTunes for business podcasts in the top thousand. So thank you so much. We know that every day the algorithms change so you don't know what's gonna make you hit, but what matters to me most is not the numbers. What matters to me most is what you take away from the show, how it shifts your thinking, how it changes your life and your business for the better. And as a result of that, I get to have some amazing guests on my show and my guest today is somebody that I met through, oh, I just love her, Marcella Allison, the founder of Titanides, who I met through another guest, Brian Kurtz, who wrote the book Over Deliver. And I never really thought about copywriting as much as I have begun to now because of all these other people that I've begun to meet. I know that copywriting is important, but I never really thought about it to the levels that I'm thinking now. And you see this person on the other side of the screen? This is Carlene Anglais-Cole. She wrote, oh my God, I love this book, Carlene. Um, my yeah. life as a 50 plus year old white male. Now, looking at Carlene, she is not a white male. And she's not a male. And you know, I don't even know if you're 50 plus, but <laughs> I am 50 plus. <laughs> um, the subtitle to the book is How a Mixed Race Woman Stumbled into Direct Response Copywriting and Succeeded. I I love this book, Carlene. I mean, you've been in like the copywriters' halls of fame. <laughs> you've done some amazing, amazing direct response marketing pieces. The stuff that most of us just kind of look at and go, oh, whatever. But it's been the backbone to marketing in the world for as long as we can remember. And you've been on the front lines for a really long time pretending you are a 50-year-old white male. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have enough trouble writing books in my own voice. I, I can't even imagine writing copy that, number one, you're being paid to write to sell things to a specific subset of the world. Mm -hmm. How the heck did you get into this? And what's that like pretending you're somebody else? <laughs> well, as the, the book title says, how I stumbled my way into this. And it really was a stumbling because I was at the time a stay at home mom. I had a two and a half year old and a one year old, two girls. And my husband is a fire, was a firefighter at the time. And so I was looking for a job that could help to 
you know, compensate for the income a little bit so that I could work a couple of days a week, the days that he was off on shift work, I could in turn work. And so we could bring some money home. And I just found there was an ad in the paper at the time that said a customer service, you know, and it had flexible hours and I needed flexible hours because my husband's shift changes every week. So I needed something to work with that. And I, it was for a company called Phillips Publishing. They were an entrepreneurial investment newsletter company. And that was my entry into direct response uh, writing because I had no idea what that was about. You know, how you can use, you know, you can mail to people and send them, you know, offers and then they will in turn, you know, send you money. And, you know, that was direct mail. That was direct response. And so I learned that and I had probably one of the best jobs um, that I, I didn't realize at the time, but in my career, I realized I actually had one of the best jobs ever. And that was in customer service. It was an $8 an hour job right. where I was talking to the customer. I was listening to the customer with, and trying to take care of their needs and understanding who we were marketing to. So that was like the best job because now I understood who these people were, who these 50 plus year old white males were that became my whole mantra for life for the next 30 years of my career. And uh, so from Phillips, which, like I said, was a very entrepreneurial company. And it's sort of, if you had an idea, they would take, you know, do it, do it, you know, and I love that. So I went and I moved from the customer service department into the accounting department and another great move. I had no knowledge of accounting. I mean, all the jobs I've had, I, I had to kind of fake my way into the job and then make it work once I got in there. So <laughs> I, I took that accounting job because it paid an extra dollar fifty an hour or more and it still had flexible schedule. So right. that's what I was looking for. And but in accounting, as you learn, if you're in a business, nothing gets done unless it goes through accounting. Right. You know, because the money's got to come through. And I had a job at the time where I had to stay late to, to be able to catch count all the money. Well, I, I read about the, the company growing and trying to expand into the um, health field. And then I thought, oh, well, I want to do that. I want to get into the health. They, they had positions opening, all kinds of entry level to high end level jobs. And I'm like, I want to get in. I want to get into this. You know, I don't say in accounting anymore. I want to get into this. Well, nobody was giving me an interview. But like I said, my job in accounting was every Friday I had to stay as late as was necessary to um, pull together all the financial numbers for the week okay. and put them in this thing called the green sheet. It was a paper called the green sheet. And it, it, green? Just, it was green. It okay. was green. <laughs> and so on the green sheet, all the money for the week was there and all of the upper, you know, senior management people were waiting on these numbers every Friday to see how the company did for the week. And it was my job, you know, to go and literally hand the green sheet to the senior vice president at the time, Bob King was his name, to the president of the company, Tom Phillips, and you know, other senior VPs. But Bob was the one who was going to be heading this whole new health division. And so I'm like trying to get an appointment to meet with Bob, whatever, or to get it to, you know, somebody meet with me for a job, but nobody was getting back to me. So I said one Friday, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm taking matters in my own hands here. And so I would normally walk in and hand the reports to everybody. And they would just say, thank you, Carlene. I go have a nice weekend and I would leave. Well, I got to Bob King's desk and it was like, I had, I mean, literally I had this sheet, like a green sheet and I would hand it to him. And I, I just kept it about a few inches away from <laughs> his rent. So instead of him looking down, like he normally does say, thank you, Carlene, you know, and then leave, he, I stood right there holding it. 
and he had to look up. He had to acknowledge he, you. He had to acknowledge me. And when he looked up, his hand was there, but he's a couple inches apart. I said, oh no, you're not getting this until I get an interview. I want to get into this health group, um, the health department. I need an interview with this job. And he just looked at me and Bob King was a very stoic face. I mean, you can never read his expressions. Wonderful, brilliant man. But again, you would not know what's going on, right? So I'm standing there holding this green sheet away from him. And I'm like, you can't have this until I have an interview. And he just looks at me. And it felt like hours that he was just piercing through me. And mm -hmm. I just stood there and I'm like, literally, I feel my hands kind of shaking, you know, and I'm holding it. And then he just looks down and then he looks up at me and then he looks down and pulls out his calendar and says, okay, how about next Friday at five o'clock? And all I could do was go, I just dropped the green. She goes, okay, thank you. Have a nice weekend. And I just took <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want him to change his mind. I'm going to change his mind. And so that was my entry into the health group, which ended up growing and launching a revolution in the alternative health field. It was just amazing. And I got to get in there from the groundwork. And I got to work with amazing copywriters like Clayton Makepeace, who was my mentor. Um, he was the best copywriter for the company and they were using him to write these promotions and they were doing very well. So I got to, I was reading what he was doing and I got to meet him and he is, was such a wonderful person. He just passed away this year, but was such a generous and just such a, a warm, kind person. I mean, he was the kind of person that, I mean, the guy is like a multimillionaire, but he's the kind of person that if he's talking to you, you are the only person that is important at that moment. You know, he will make you feel special no matter what you are, what you do, who you are. It doesn't matter. So I just love that about him. And so we just got to be friends. Uh, from just that, you know, and then I just would imitate his writing. And as I grew in the company, I became a marketing manager, marketing director. And, but yet I was always like imitating what he did until I got to the point where I wanted to go off on my own and be a copywriter. And he, again, helped me all the way through. He's like, I can't tell you to leave my fav my, my most important client, but when you do give me a call and, you know, we'll talk. And he helped me get started as far as, um, just introducing me to some people and, you know, give me some work on the side to do kind of, I was kind of his little ghostwriter at a time, you know, to do stuff, right. but I was learning like crazy. And again, this is an industry where nobody knows you don't go to college to get a degree in, in direct response marketing, at least not back in the day, there was no such thing available. So you had to get into this industry by kind of either stumbling into it, you know, like I did, or knowing somebody who knew somebody who could get you into it. And I just think that's horrible because this is an amazing industry that has the upside for what so many people want. I mean, you know, they want flexible schedule. They want decent income. They want creativity. They want some fun. You know I mean? They, they're going to choose their clients. I mean, that's all available in this industry. Whereas most people, especially people, black, brown, females, just don't know about because it has been a kind of old boy, you know, um, white male society for many, many decades. So that's like, that's a short answer. Of how I got <laughs> it's into the short it. answer. That's okay. The short answer. Yes. <laughs> I can go on, but I won't. <laughs> when I was reading your book, what I found really fascinating was because you and I had spoken first before I had read your book and you had done some stuff with Marcella and everything. And I loved how it was in your voice. 
like I was reading it and I was hearing you because I've heard your voice read it to me. What intrigued me though was this whole idea of how you became your own woman as a result of pretending to be something completely different. And I, I need to ask you some questions around that because many of my listeners are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs. They're looking to shift their lives. They're looking to increase their, their belief in themselves. And everybody has an idea as to how to strengthen belief in yourself. Throughout the book, what really got to me was that your belief in yourself came from some deep core place that was influenced by a need to take care of your family, right? To be able to do what you needed to do, but yet by setting boundaries that, okay, family, this is what we need to do. That's not something most women or even men are, are willing to declare out loud, yet you were. You declared to your family, this is when I need to work, when you went mm -hmm. freelance. This is mm -hmm. after you left mm -hmm. corporate life, which is a whole story unto itself, which is really <laughs> a whole story. But can you expand upon how you got the strength to say, this is what I need in order to do what I need to help others? Well, I think um, if you look in my book, I talk about my, even my early, early childhood, like even my pre-existing, pre-existence where I felt like, you know, I almost wasn't here, you know, because my mom, you know, the situation of my birth, I'm like, I could have not been here. And I even said, if I wasn't here, you'd be reading a bunch of blank pages right now because right. that's it. So I've always, it's always, I've had this feeling or this need to feel like I have to justify my existence. Um, so I think that started off at a very young age and I didn't realize that until I was much older, but I just felt like, you know, if you're going to be here, then do something about it. And I think that was just at what was added to that was when, um, when I started, when I strengthened my faith, I mean, I, I talk when I was in my twenties, I studied the Bible and I was Jehovah's witnesses. And I really, it gave me a direction that it has been my core for my entire life. And what that direction was to say, Hey, this is temporary. You know, all of the stuff that you're going through right now, all of the junk you, you know, you're feeling, all of the, 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 the fear that you're having, you know, it's, this is not it. This is not the real life here. This is not the stuff for you to get all bogged down about, you know, and any mistake that you make for the most part, any mistake you make, you can fix it. It can, you know, or is it really a mistake? You know, oh, that's an interesting. Question. Oh, I yeah. like that. I love your question. You I'm reading your book now. Okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> is it really a mistake? Oh my God. That is just so it's brilliant. It's just because you don't know what, how your life is going to unfold. And you, so you try to go one direction, but every time you make a decision, you are moving and maneuvering your life. And so to say, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. Well, if you hadn't done it, you kind of wouldn't be where you are now you know, at some point, because that's all of that leads to the other. Good and point. so I feel that, yeah, so I feel like, it, that's why it's hard for people to say to me, what, what do you regret the most in life? I was like, I don't regret anything. It doesn't mean I had a perfect life. I'm like, I had a lot of stuff I didn't like, but when I look back on it, I'm like, 
man, I sure learned a lot from that mess, you know, or boy, I won't do that again. Or, <laughs> we all have a few of those. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying, so is it really a mistake? You know, so I think that that and my, my husband also has been great as far as just helping keep me centered because I call him my anchor because I know he's he's a rock and I, I grab onto him and then I just go crazy. I just go crazy, you know, but I know I'm still I'm like I'm still anchored. Right. I'm still going to yeah. come back in here. So I just think it's just a matter of, of deciding in essence, like, OK, what do you really want? That's one of your questions in your book. It's like, are you asking the right questions? What do you really want? Like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? Is that because you feel that's going to make you successful or is that really what you want? Right. I knew I knew I wanted to be married. I knew I wanted to have kids. I knew I wanted to have them when I was young, as opposed to being older. I knew that. That's why I that's why I made the decisions I did, you know, when I did them. And I wanted to grow up with my kids. I wanted to have my childhood with my kids, the kind of childhood that I wanted to have that I couldn't have. So I wanted to relive my childhood in essence through my children and have the fun. I want to go to Disney World, you know? So uh, I did those things that I really wanted to do, um, you know, as a child. And we weren't able to do so. So I think it's just almost like, you know, make yourself small enough so that you can really be big, you know, in the yeah. sense that you don't, it's, it's like, come on. I mean, the, 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 we're just little peons on the earth. Okay. And so realizing that is very important. So this, or the mistake that you're going to make, it's not going to be really earth changing. Um, so you can go ahead and make those mistakes and work through them, but realize when you do that, when you make yourself small enough, it allows you to really grow and realize you can take chances. You can take the risk. You can just go for it and not be afraid. I think women are just so afraid to do things like, oh, it's going to be the wrong decision, or they're willing to let, to help their, their husband or their children or their friends to do things, encourage them, but yeah, yet absolutely. won't do it themselves. So it's almost like, you know what, just try just try it, you know, so you want to, you want to launch your, you want to launch your business and you don't know if it's going to work. Well, then try it. If it doesn't work, guess what? It might open up a whole different opportunity for you that you didn't think about before. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think about that. I didn't see that. But if you don't try it, you don't go. You know, I, I heard a great quote from a guy named Matt Gill the other day. He said, version one is better than version none, you know? So, <laughs> And I was like, love it, love it. You know, it's I've like, never just, heard it put that way before. I, yeah. I had not either. He was just so cool about it. And I'm like, that's it. So it's like, try it, try it, you know, and it's okay. Failure is not failure. Failure is this did not work the way I thought it was going to be. So try it again or do it differently, or let's see what that door leads you to. So I think for me, I, I definitely, you know, my priorities were, were my family definitely was is very important to me. Um, and then realize, I mean, my, everything centered around my faith. That is extremely important to me um, because I feel like that helps me to give to people like I should, you know, I worship a God who is a God of love. Therefore I should also be that kind of person. I should represent my God at all times, you know, so that I'm not going to do things or say things to hurt you intentionally because that's not who my God is. And that's not who I want to be. So I, I, that has definitely been a very important part of my life. And then I just try to say, you know, I try to help people when I can. And when I got to get busy and work, I shut you down. Like right now, there's a sign on my door. It says, do not enter, period, the end. Don't come in here. Nobody. I don't care who you are until I'm finished. Then I take the sign down and I'm available. You know, so, you, you know, we have to kind of guard the time, your money time so that you can make your money and then you can go play and have fun with the money you make. In your book, you talk quite a bit about the whole guarding your money time. 
and I, I know that I'm very glad that my show uh, is before one o'clock because you said by one o'clock in the afternoon, you're just done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Well, I've been up since five. Right. right. Which is not who I am. But (laughs) although lately everything seems to be shifting since the menopause shift. (laughs) I hear you. The whole idea of guarding your money time is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, especially a, a lot of women entrepreneurs. They struggle with this idea that their time is as worthwhile as anybody else's time that's around them. Women have been raised to nurture, to grow other people. And what I love in your book is how you talk about that. And it's it's sort of subtle woven throughout it, that in order to help others, you need to help yourself. Put the oxygen mask on first. First, right. Mm-hmm. In order to do the work you do, you need to really guard your time. How did you figure out what were the times you needed to guard it and when it's okay to break that? Well, the one thing I figured out very quickly was when I was, when I left corporate America, I was, one reason I left was because I was spending so much time at work, you know? And so my, my husband was like, well, you're never home. And then my boss is like, but you're never at work. I'm going, but where am I then? You know, because everybody wanted more of me. And I realized I would spend, you know, eight to 10 hours at work and still not get things done. When I became a freelancer, all of a sudden I realized, hey, I could get stuff done in about three hours that it was taking me all day to get done in a corporate environment because I didn't have an office people stopping by to say hi. I didn't have to go into the water cooler and hang out and chit chat a little bit. I didn't take long lunches, you know, hour long lunches or whatever. I didn't have the interruptions that I normally was so used to. So really I was only getting about three hours of work done in corporate world. I didn't have to sit through those stupid meetings that went on and on and on, <laughs> you know, people posturing themselves for their promotions and all that. And it's like, really, why are we meeting for this? We could have had a phone call and taken care of this. So when I realized all those things were taken away that I had about three hours, you know, a, a three hours in a day, I could get my work done. And then the rest of the time I could play. You know, I I don't have to stay at my desk if I don't want to. I could do whatever I want. So when I realized that when I first uh, became a freelancer, I said, okay, I just need three hours a day to work and I can get my stuff done. So now my question was, well, what are those three hours? When is it? And I am a morning person. I have always been a morning person. Um, And so to me, the earlier when I if it's three o'clock in the morning, people say, oh, I got up at three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. My attitude is, well, then stay up. Get to work. (laughs) (laughs) You're up. You're up. I sit there and I fight it. I fight it. You know, I don't don't fight it. Just get up and do something. And either what's going to happen is you're going to be very productive or you'll get sleepy. And then you go, so either one, but at least you're doing something. So with me, I'm, there's, I don't need an alarm clock to wake me up at 5 a.m. It doesn't matter. I'm automatically up. And I can get up at 4 a.m. sometimes. This is early. But generally speaking, I am up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, when I'm up, I am, I'm not groggy. I am awake, okay? And so then I, I include, immediately I, I exercise for an hour. Um, that's my personal time. That's like, don't mess with me. This is to get my brain moving. This is to get the body uh, you know, going. This is to get everything in place. So I usually work out for about an hour. But at that time, at five o'clock in the morning, I'm up. 
I've checked emails. I've re- I have clients out of the international clients, so it's right. much later for them. So I'm responding to their emails. I've gone downstairs. By the time I get down there, I've done, you know, I do things for me spiritually. I do a daily text. I read just to kind of center me, like a positive thought for the day that I can focus on the whole day, just very positive. And I make that like my, my theme for the day. And then I, by the time I'm downstairs, I've already checked emails. I've already responded. I've, I've done my daily texts. I've brushed my teeth. I put my workout clothes on and I'm downstairs. I grab, make my, my nasty drink. Where's my drink? I finished it. Oh no, I finished this. I have water. I have a, I have this thing filled with a green drink every day as I finished this. I'm in the water mode now and then I'm gone. So I'm going to go as soon as the sun comes up, either I'm going to work, I'm going to go outside and run or walk, or I'll do a workout video. In, at home, my cousin is like my, uh, my cousin Sandy is like my partner. She, I right. know I can count on her. She can count on me. We get that hour done. But in that morning, even when I'm walking or running, I'm talking about the day. I'm talking about what's going on, what I have to do. So I'm already, I'm already working. You know, I'll, Sandy and I will bounce ideas off each other. Like, hey, I'm thinking about this headline. What do you think? How does that sound to you? And she's like, eh, I don't like it. Oh, I love it. Whatever. We're well, working. I love, I love in your book where you talked about this whole section. I mean, you're describing it and it's exactly as you <laughs> So if, if people, if you're listening and you need more of it, you really need to, you really need to get a copy of, of the book. My life is a 50 year old white male. I'm going to get a physical copy of it too. I just have the ebook because I needed it fast in order to read it. But you did something about your writing that I always find intriguing because I'm struggling right now to write my next book that I've been talking about for a while now. And I had to, I have a couple of articles that were due and one of them I wrote 12 times. It oh my goodness. drove me nuts. And wow. I finally sent it to another friend and she said, well, I know what it was like after you interviewed the person for the article and there's no heart in here. And I realized because I was so worried about representing this person who blew me away on the interview that I, I almost like shut myself off because I was so afraid of, of not doing it. And finally the 12th iteration, all good. We're, we're good now. But you talked about one of your processes for writing is you leave yourself a cliffhanger at the end of your workday. You don't finish the thought. Now, most of us out there will sit there and go, I need to finish this thought. Like I need to finish this sentence when I'm reading a book or finish the paragraph. I can't leave it mid sentence as, as a, why? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could go on, but why, why, why it was brilliant. I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Why? Because it works. That's why I was reading a book years ago about the brain and I have it somewhere in my library. I forgot the name of it, but it was about the brain and how the brain needs closure. Um, and the brain will seek out to, to create closure however it possibly can. And so as a direct response copywriter, my job is to jolt the brain. You know, I don't, you know, I don't ever want to write copy that you're going to read it and you're going to read it like this to the point where you're falling asleep <laughs> reading it. I, you know, my job as a copywriter is to do this. It's like, have you reading? Go, what? What? No, what, what, you know, I want you doing, I want to keep your attention the whole time. So I thought, okay, well, if that's what I have to do, I can do it for myself. So if I leave, if I'm writing something, if I come to a place where I'm like, okay, great. I'm, I can stop here. This is perfect. I've ended it. Well, now tomorrow I have to like get excited and start something else. Ah. And so that's hard for me. That's hard. I'm like, 
I got nothing else right now. But if I start writing and writing and then I go, eh, stop it right here. Like, that's it. This is the problem. How are you going to solve this? Figure it out tomorrow and then leave it there. Well, then it's in my brain all night long. It's because the brain is looking for closure. How do we close this? And I would say, hey, I need an idea here. I need to finish this part right here tomorrow. I got to come and start at this point and I will end it going, need a great idea, need a great sidebar, need a great, I'll tell myself what I need in my copy, right? And leave it open-ended because now what I'm doing is I'm allowing my subconscious to kick in. You know, that's where the creativity is going to come in. So I'll say, and I'll go before I go to sleep at night or I'll take a nap. Sometimes I'm stuck. I'll take a nap during the daytime. I'll go, I just need, an, I need a headline idea for this, for this section. Or I need some, whatever. I'll tell myself what I need. And then I'll just go to sleep. So when you shut down the conscious, now let the subconscious come in, man, stuff happens. I'm telling you, I have gotten up in the middle of the night going, oh, there it is. And I keep a pen, paper, I, everything. I have all that next to my desk. I'm like, there it is. I got my husband even bought me a little miniature light because I was turning on the light and he was like, ah, she was like, so now I got a little <laughs> miniature light. I can turn it, it goes right to my copy. And I just, I'll just, while I'm half asleep even, I will literally just scribble whatever the idea that comes up. Because if you think you're going to remember it the next day, you, you will won't. not, you will not. It is because that was just subconscious working. When you're up, the sh- subconscious is gone. It's asleep. So it's not going to help you. So any idea you get in the middle of the night or whatever, anytime in the shower, I have burned so many meals because I've, I was working and I've said, you know what? I'm kind of stuck here. I need to do something different. And I leave it in the thought. I go upstairs, I'm making dinner. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's it. <laughs> and I just take off back and I'm, going back, and I'm like, what's burning? Where's the fire? <laughs> I did that the other day. <laughs> so I just go, okay, I'm ordering Chinese food, everybody. That's it. We're good. <laughs> we got another, I got an idea. So, so leaving things unfinished can actually help you become more productive uh, if you know kind of how to do it. So just kind of leave it mid-thought. And when you come back to work the next morning, it's, it's almost like when we left, when we left, well, how do they say with the, the, um, the, the movies, when we last left off, Oh, yes. You know, Jill was about to jump off the cliff. Did she do it? (laughs) Ah, ah. So I'm like, who shot JR? Who shot JR? Right, exactly. I'm showing my age. Oh, I'm way, I'm way, I got you there. So um, (laughs) I'm going and I'm going. And so that's, that kind of helps me just get in the morning and go, oh, okay. Now let's go ahead and pick it up and go with it. I might change it, but it doesn't matter. It, It stops me from having to say, what do I do now? And what I do now, it could take me, it may take me a half an hour to figure out what to do next. And I'll play around and I'll just kind of get distracted. And now I'm like, no, no, you got to finish this. So that was a trick I learned. And it's been, I still do it. It's a great one. I highly encourage you try it uh, and allow your subconscious to work for you when you're sleeping. You had another trick in the book that is really <laughs> interesting. You have a number of people that want to write books or just you have to, do work of any kind and they stare at that blank email they stare at the blank page and i mean you write for a living and Mm -hmm. you get paid really well to do what you do you can't just leave a blank page a blank page for a long time those who want to write a book and have never written one typically they don't have a deadline or something like that but that can be involved with writing a quote or a proposal to give somebody. I mean, we all hit that 
um, that blank page syndrome of mm -hmm. I don't know what the next thing is I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to start something. And I thought that what you talked about in your book, and I keep looking over here because I got <laughs> the, the Kindle version up over here. The idea that getting started for many people is a difficult task. You shared in here how you cure your blank page syndrome when you're staring at it. Do you know what I'm referencing? I do. Absolutely. Okay. I let's still do let's it talk about that because I think it is totally, uniquely, amazingly <laughs> a brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the, you know, of course, as a writer, you're looking at a blank, blank page and that's almost like death. You know, what is it? It's like you stare long enough until drops of blood start falling <laughs> off of you. You know, that's how it feels. So it's like, okay, get rid of the blank, the blank page blues by, you know, filling up the copy very, filling up the page very quickly. Now, as a direct response copywriter, there are elements in my, in every sales letter that I write, there is consistent. I need a headline. You know, I need, I need to have um, a bio of the, the guru. Uh, I need to have an order form. I need to have a, a, a guarantee. I need to, I mean, so these are all elements that are very static when it comes to a sales letter. How you put it all together, that's the creativity that comes in, but you have to have those things in there. So what I will do is I will um, immediately, if I'm starting a new project, I, I open up the, the, the Word document and the first thing I will put up, I will type up, you know, big freaking headline goes here. And all like impact font, you know, 36 font, whatever. I'm and sorry, I, wait, I had, big freaking headline freaking goes headline here. Goes, yeah, that's it. I don't know what it is yet, but I know I'm going to have a great headline <laughs> right there, you know? And then I go and I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm going to need to have a, a doctor's bio. So if I've worked with the doctor before, you know, I'll go to an old document and cut and paste his bio and put it on there. Okay. If I haven't worked with the doctor before, I'll cut and paste somebody else's bio and put it on there. I, you know, I'm going to change all that later, but at least I'm putting the elements in there that I need. I know I'm going to need to have an order form. So I go and I get the, the client's kind of standard order form and I'll change it later, but put that, drop it in there. And, uh, and so I'm dropping in all of the key pieces that I'm going to need to have anyway. So by the time I've done this little practice, I probably got about six pages of copy and I haven't written one word yet. You know, I have not written one single word, but I'm not looking at a blank page and I'm starting to form my sales letter, even right. though I have no idea what I'm going to write about yet. And so then I have that, that document open. And so now if I'm reading, if I'm writing about a book, for example, as I'm reading the book, um, anything that's like an aha moment for me, like, oh, I didn't know that. I just type it up. I put it in the document. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I'll fix it later. But just, you know, drop this in, drop this in. I'm Great. just dropping stuff in there. Or I'm, I'm reading about something, if it's an ingredient in a, um, in a supplement, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, what are the ingredients? There's six ingredients in here. Well, let's drop in numbers. Number one, it's this. Number two is this. Number. I'll add a more copy later, but I know I got to talk about these ingredients. So I'm building my, 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 um, my copy. I don't, I don't like outlines. I told you, I hate outlines. So in essence, I'm kind of creating my version of an it's like outline. Like a framework. Yeah, I'm creating more of a framework, right? Or oh, I love, uh, you know, so I, by the time I, I do it, I am dumping so much stuff into this file and I'm going somewhere, but I've, I've got like 50 pages by now, honestly. I'm like somewhere in all of this research that I have done, you know, learning about the product, putting information in there, all somewhere in this, in this 50 plus something pages is my sales letter. 
it's there. And so now I take the approach of what um, is it Michelangelo who said um, that when he starts with a, he starts with a piece of marble oh, right. and he just, you know, chiseled out, chisels out the stuff he doesn't want. And then there's the work of art hiding in there. It was always in there. He it was always there. Yeah. Right. So I feel like if I've done my research, which is very important in my line of work, you have to, you have to become an expert in the product in a short period of time. So you have to research it. You have to read about it. You have to understand it. You have to under, like, how is this going to make my, my 50 plus year old white male feel better? What is he wake? What is he waking up worried about? And how can I address that with him immediately so we can connect and talk about next stuff. So all that is my research and I'm going, okay, this is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. Let's put it in this document, put it in the document. So I have this whole document in there. And now I'm like, there's my research right here. So then I start my editing when I'm going, all right, well, not really editing, more like writing, then I'm going to just kind of piece things together and say, well, I like this. I wrote over here. Let me move it over here and let me kind of fine tune it a little bit. Or, oh, I thought that was my lead, but that's really just a sidebar. Let me take that off and move it over here and try. This is the lead. So I'm just playing around with puzzle pieces. You know, it's so much fun. All right, so I'm, <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this and I'm pulling it together. And like I said, it starts, you start to see it. It's like, oh, okay, there it is. This is my letter. Oop, this is slowing down my letter copy. Take it out, make it a sidebar. Keep it going, keep it going. Oh, this is kind of, this is kind of feeling really kind of sluggish here. Let's turn them into bullets. Boom, 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 boom. You You've know, created I, an energy that you didn't have when you had a blank page. Yes. And, and you made it achievable in a much quicker time period yeah. than just that blank page. So if somebody's writing um, a pitch, to a show that they want to be on. They could write, my subject line has to make them want to open the email and they can mm -hmm. just write that as the subject. And then they could write, I need to tell them about me and two sentences. Mm -hmm. And they could just write those kind of things out there. Or so the subject line would be, wow me now. Okay. Wow me wow now. me. Wow me. Which, how are you going to wow me? What are you going to say is going to wow me? That's your subject line. And then, and then it's sort of, he said, who are you? Why do I care? So what? Remember my chapter in my book of my kids? Oh, I oh, love that four, chapter. How my four children taught me how to write copy. My number one daughter, attitude galore. So what? So what? So what? Teenager. I'm like, you know what? Your audience is just the same way. So what? Why are you bothering them today? You know, why do you want your reader to read what you have to say? Why is it meaningful? So what are you saying to, to him or her that makes, that's going to make them stop and do and listen to you and buy your products? So, so, so what attitude is huge, you know? So you go, you know, you're doing that stuff. You're like, okay, so who are you? Why do I care? You know, and you know, who says, I mean, you just got to be, you have to kind of have that kind of attitude because you're as a direct response copywriter, I don't have the luxury of going to every single one of my prospects to explain what I meant to say here. You know, I don't have that luxury. So if I don't say it, if I don't address any kind of potential obstacles that I see that they may bring up, if I don't think about that in advance, I'm going to lose them. I'm going to lose them. I want my reader to do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know me, you know, oh. I want that. Give it to me. How much? I, I don't care. It's so <laughs> because I th one of the biggest issues most entrepreneurs have, whether they're as a professional copywriter, whether they have a brick and mortar business, whatever it may be, is how do you write something that somebody will buy what you want to sell? Hmm. 
Great, great question. And that is the key to success in this industry. That is it. And the way, the, I, I, the way I've done it and I've been successful about it is you're going to write about something that people care about. You know, write to your, you know, know who you're talking to and talk to that one person like you're having a conversation with that person. You're not writing, you are talking. It just happens to be in print. So I'm going to say, hey, Laura, you know, did you wake up this morning in a, in a cold sweat again? You know, are you, or did you get any sleep at all last night? Are you feeling like this is driving you crazy? Is your mind kind of like going, I thought I did this. I can't remember if I turned off the oven. I can't remember. Are you feeling me, Laura? Do you, are you feeling like that? Because oh, I feel you. Are, you. Okay. Percent. If you, okay, so, so I'm writing this. I'm not talking, but I'm writing. So I'm saying mm -hmm. to you, if that's how you feel, well, you know what? Let me tell you, you're not alone because X millions of women are going through what you're going through right now. And many of them have discovered a secret that has helped them to not only feel better, they look better, they're losing weight, they're thinking sharper, their sex drive has come back. I mean, it's just amazing. Laura, wouldn't you wanna know about this too? Because if you do, come with me, let me tell you about, you know, and then I start introducing you to, that's all I'm doing. So I'm talking to you and appealing to what you need right now. You know, I treat, I, when I write to my market, I treat them like a spoiled child. I give them whatever they want. What do you want? What do you want? You want to look younger? I can help you. You want to be thinner? I can help you. You want to be smarter? I can help you. What do you want? What do you want? So know what your market wants and then find a way to give it to them. Give it to them. Your product should be the solution, you know, to what they want. So you have to know what you're, you know, what you're doing, who you're talking to, what can the product offer? Um, and then now all you have to do is bridge the gap to say, Here's how you come try this. And guess what? You don't have to worry about it. You you, if you're not 100% satisfied with your results, you pay nothing. So, hey, you got nothing to lose. Try it. Take as long as you need. You know, no rush, no 30-day, 60-day, 90-day guarantee. Just take as long as you need for you to be convinced that this X product works for you. And I'm telling you, when you use it, and you see how good you feel when you see how the weight's falling off, you see how you can remember like never before, and you see how you are just jumping your husband's bones all the time, <laughs> you are never going to want to be without this product again. I'm, I'm just saying. So you might want to go ahead and stock up and get the six-month supply while you're getting it at the, at the best price because, again, you got nothing to lose. If you don't like it, send it back. You got all your money back. Is that fair? I mean, that's my conversation with my readers. <laughs> I suggest that everybody play back the recording and pause throughout that entire section because you can just plug in. Oh yeah, I just gave you my I just gave own, you my <laughs> for your own product. For well, your the own least solution. you can do is buy the book now after I've just given you a whole sales. Well, well that's the beauty because you lay this all out inside. Yeah, I do. Well. I absolutely mean, do. And also in the book, I, I give away $950 worth of my sales promotion. So if you're interested in seeing the kind of stuff that I write, and these are things that have worked and made millions of dollars for my clients, I, in the book, I actually, you know, you can use a scan button. You can go in there and you can scan and activate it and you can get $950 worth of my sales promos for free. So obviously I'm not, I'm not selling the book to make a lot of money. <laughs>
you know, unless you're a certain person, a certain level writer, you know, like um, Barack Obama just is releasing his new book. Michelle Obama's book came out. You've got the all the latest Trump books. You've got mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling. You've got Stephen King. These people make money off of their books. Not every writer gets that, especially in the, a lot of the nonfiction realms. It's mm -hmm. about the other products. So it's writing sales copy for your book to do the other the other pieces of it. And I, I thought this was interesting, and I don't know if you've looked at this yet around your book, but there's something called popular highlights. Have you ever heard of the popular highlights? So these are the areas that people are highlighting the most throughout. Oh, your really? Yes. I did not. Well, let me see. I did not know. That. I did not know that. And I, I, there's many here. This one's on chapter four, the power of story. This is one of the most important things I can teach anybody about copywriting. Tap into the power of story. If you're not telling a story in your sales copy, find a good one and write about it. Then there's another one, how my four kids taught me valuable lessons in copywriting. And I'm going to tell everybody out there right now, buy the book just for this section. <laughs> Carlene just alluded to it. And I took so many notes, Carlene, when I was reading that section and you alluded to it today a bit, we briefly discussed it. This, how personalities of those around you can help you write copy. And it says, so make sure to use reason why copy to satisfy your skeptical market. Here's an approach Clayton Makepeace taught me, and I still use it often today. Towards the close of the sale, I give my prospects a bunch of reasons why they need to say yes. It's something that I feel a lot of people, when they're trying to explain their services, explain their products, they, they tend to focus on why you should say no versus why you should say yes. So, why is that so important? Well, I find that people focus, they, they are afraid to even ask for the sale. Mm. That's the problem I find with most writers. It's like they, they craft this amazing story. It's wonderful. You've got the reader salivating, you know, and then it's like, okay, now go close it, close the deal, close the deal. And so instead of closing it, and again, the goal is to write it so that you're doing this, you're bringing them to the close, right? It's like you're landing a plane. You can't go out to land the plane. You got to bring it in. I find a lot of readers, especially young writers, they're, they get afraid to, to do that. And so they just sort of back, they start backpedaling, you know, and bringing up new thoughts that weren't even in the whole letter and they're bringing it up now. Now you're just confusing your reader. So the reason why copy helps because I'm like, now go back and just bam, hit it, hit them. You got to get this because you want to do this. You want to do this. You're looking for this. You want that. And I want to be saying yes the whole time. That's what I want. That's what I want. Well, if that's what you want, here's the solution you know, buy this product. That's your solution. I've, I've said to you, this is, if this is what you want and you're saying, yes, I do want the, these are the reasons why I'm doing this. Well then duh, it's a no brainer. Just get, just get the product and you're good. So that is the key to it. Not, not, you know, I mean, to, to, to bring it in, like you're bringing that plane in, not to just go start going, well, maybe, oh, here's another thought I could bring up at this point. No, if you haven't brought it up already, don't bring it up anymore. You know, don't bring anything new to the mix. 
you know, just keep re-emphasizing what you've been saying all along as to why they want to get it. Keep banging in there, bang it, bang it, bang it, bang it. And then take them by the hand and say, pick up that phone and dial 1-800 or click right, Make here. it easy for them to say so yes easy, also. So easy. Again, you have nothing to lose. The guarantee takes away a lot of pressure. You have to worry. If you think you made a wrong decision, it's okay. You can just, you know what, just send it back. It's fine. No problem. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. You're good. You're proud. You know, but try. But I promise you, if you try it and you like it, oh my goodness, then you have just opened up a whole new world that you had never thought about before. But you got to give it a try. So that's why I said, just give it a try. Just try it. No commitments. Just try it. I if love you that. like it. Yeah. I, love, I, I so love. <laughs> we're getting we're getting close on time and. I could talk I to you today, but you know, uh, yeah, you have to go. <laughs> there, there are so many more questions I can ask you around um, failure, about um, setting your pricing, about mentoring other people as well. And you cover so much of that in your book. And I would love to ask you many, many more questions, but we just don't have the time mm -hmm. on, on today's show to do that. But there is something that I really do want to ask you because I think this is important for all of us. And I think it, it can also help out in the world today. How do you morph into a 50 year old? <laughs> well, I said, let me tell you a story of a Clayton Makey. This is one of my favorite Clayton Makey stories because it was the first time I had a chance to write a sales promotion. I never had, you know, no one's given me a chance. And then finally I had a chance to write one because the client found out that you know, the majority of his, a large part of his market was, were African American males. And he thought that he needed to have a black male copywriter. And so the list broker who was helping him with that knew me, he couldn't find a black male copywriter. So he goes, well, Carlene, you're half black. Can you help me out with this? And I'm like, of course, of course, sure I can. Of course, you know, whatever. So I just got, talked my way into this um, job. So I wrote the copy and I asked Clayton if he would please crit give me some crits on it, right? And so he said, sure. So he read it and his only crit to my copy was, you write like an effing girl. <laughs> I'm like, my reply was, I am a girl. And he's like, but your market isn't. And you make, that's your critical mistake. He says, you need, you need to know who your market, you don't have to be your market. You just have to know your market. And that was probably probably some of the most priceless advice I got early in my career that has helped me all along. So to write like a 50 plus year old white male is no different than writing to a 25 year old black female, you know, 42 year old Asian male, it doesn't matter. It's know who you're talking to, know what they want, know what they need, and then talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. Talk about what he got up this morning worried about. And now I'm going to say, you know, hey, I, I feel you. I know who you are. And let me tell you how I can help you. So that is it. I just happened to stumble into a 50 plus year old white male market, which I'm glad now that has expanded to include blacks and Hispanics and females also, which is wonderful. But it's, it definitely started off that way. And that was the core of my, of my writing. But it really just goes down to always know who you're talking to and create a relationship so you can give that person what he or she desires. And that's the secret for you to be able to be successful in writing sales copy. 
I think in anything in life, isn't it? In life, I absolutely. <laughs> Know who you're talking. I mean, you know, I mean, like my children. I can talk my my kids. I could. I have four kids, four completely different personalities. I could not parent each of them the same way. It's impossible because the one child, if I punished her by saying "go to your room," that might be like the best thing she could ever get. That could be like a reward because she doesn't want to be around anybody else. Okay. But one, no. But the other ones who I say, no, you're going to stay right here. We're going to all watch you as you do this. That could be like the worst thing ever because, you know, just the personality you're dealing with. So I say, they say to me, mom, that's not fair. I'm like, you're right. I'm not fair because I can't treat you the same because you're not the same. So I'm going to find out what your pressure points are. And I'm going to hit them when I need to, so I can get you to act, get your act together. You know? So it's the same thing. Know who you're talking to. That's perfect. <laughs> Colleen, how do people get a copy of your book, um, get more information about your work and stay in contact with you? I know you have a ah. email list as well. I I do. I have on my website, CarleenCole.com. You can sign up for my copy star e-zine. It's free. I give you lots of great tips on there. So you could definitely go there. If you want to get a copy of my book, if you live in the Atlanta area, I would encourage you to go to Barnes and Nobles in Snellville, Georgia, because they allowed me to put my book in the store. Now it's self-published unknown author getting into a Barnes and Noble is no easy feat. That's so awesome. They, but he allowed me the uh, Patrick Foster, the manager, he said, I'm going to give it a shot. And so I've got some signed copies there and the Snellville location. And if you live in Georgia and you're going to go out anyway, don't go out just to get it. Cause I believe in sheltering in place, but if you can, if you're going to be out anyway, just stop by, pick up that sign. They do curbside. They, well, they could do it. You can call them up and they'll do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can do that. But I'm saying though, those are, I have a limited supply of the signed copies at only in the Snellville, Georgia location. If not Amazon, my website, you can get my book through my website, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. I'm coming out in Audible. I mean, I want this out, you know, I'm coming out in, with German translation next year. So um, I just think it's a book that it's not, it's not just a marketing book. It really is my life experience that I think can help a lot of people. I'm a Haitian immigrant. I talk about coming from Haiti at the age of six years old. I'm a, a stay-at-home mom. I'm a woman, a, a mixed race, black woman. I mean, I've got, I cover it all this, I cover all of it. And I talk about those, how those things have helped me in my career and the lessons that I've learned to really help other people to say, hey, you could do this. I told you a story about my friend um, who told me how she got a 132% uh, raise when, after she read a chapter of my book and just said, what will Carlene do here? And she's like, I'm just going to do it. And she did it. And she got the money she was looking for. And she got the job she was looking for. And she's like, I would have chickened out before this book. So I'm like, hey, it's worth the, you know, the $10 on, on Kindle or 20 bucks paperback. It, it, will, it will make a difference for you. It will really help you. And I really believe that. That's why I want to share it. I think the book is wonderful. I've told, I've said that several times throughout and the book is, I, I prefer showing the paper copy, but this is what I have everybody. My Hold life on. is a 50 plus year old white male. Oh, great. Good. You I have a paper copy there. I wrote down here. Here's the paper copy. Hold that one up. Okay. So my life, hold it still. Oh, sorry. 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 I have revision on here because I'm making revision. <laughs> my life is a 50 plus year old white male. And I, I love it because Carlene really lives her book in here. And Carlene, your website is carlenecole.com. Yep. And then oh, for yep. anybody that buys the book, at the end of the book, there is a link that you can go to to get some it's wonderful a, copy swipes. 
It's actually a barcode in there that gets activated. And can I give a, you know what? Let me give a special gift to your readers. You oh, that say? would be awesome. All right. So if you're read, if you are readers, viewers, I keep saying readers, I'm a writer, but um, if you send me an email at carlinecole.com after you've purchased the book, send me an email and say, said, Laura Stewart sent me uh, on the subject line. I will send you a free gift. It's a cheat sheet and it's called 77 sizzling power words to crank up your copy. So it works for anybody who's writing sales copy. I'll give you 77 words I think are like the best words to use ever in writing. So you can get that and you send it to me at carlinecole.com. But say, Laura Stewart sent me so that I know that you came from Laura. I will send you that. It's a $39 gift. You're going to get it for free. Um, just okay. after you buy the book, send a proof of purchase with it and you'll get it. And is it carlene at carlinecole.com? You can do Carlene at carlenecole.com. Okay, great. And that is and, and up at the website, there's lots of, thank you for doing that. That's really, uh, yeah, well, I, this is fun. This is cool. I hope it can help. I'm, I'm so glad you came on the show today. I, when I, when I read the book and when I was watching the stuff that you had done with Marcella, I said, there's more to this than just being for copywriters. This book is about feeling confident in yourself, growing confident in yourself, learning to take risks, all of that stuff. And it applies to every industry. If you're a copywriter, you definitely have to get this book. But even if you're not, there's so much in here that I think really is important for the world to read. So thank you for writing it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have been awesome. And I said, we met through Marcella and with instantly you've become a great mentor to help me with the whole book world. I mean, you've given me some great ideas of what to do with the book and I would never have known about that or I would probably find out much later. So I appreciate your generosity and sharing with me. Uh, that is very, it's, it's kind of shows who you are as a person. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure, my honor to, to be able to help anybody really and to be able to help you get your book out there is is wonderful so thank you very much and everybody who's been listening and you've probably been seeing me flip my hair up like crazy because <laughs> i can't stand my hair anymore I'm getting it cut tomorrow though thank you finally like chewbacca i've got so much hair on my head i feel like chewbacca but <laughs> The, the whole goal of the show is to help you shift your perspectives, to think about things in a different way. I love introducing amazing women like Carlene here and their books and their thoughts, the way they think, the questions that they ask. Carlene, I keep thinking about your one question, is it really a mistake? So I'd like everybody to start thinking today as I'm ending this, sh this episode, think about something in your life that you always thought of as maybe it was a mistake. Is it really a mistake in your life? Because I'm, I'm sure that as you start thinking about it, it probably isn't. And then for those of you trying to grow your businesses, think about the ideas that Carlene shared with us about how you can write an email out to your prospects. When you've got a prospect in front of you, how you can change the way you're interacting, knowing what they want, knowing who they are. Because remember, it's not about you in the sale. It's about how you're going to improve the lives of the person that's gonna be using your services, your products, your solutions. Carlene gave us some great examples of how to do that. And I love, love, love that. And at the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.